Coming to you live from Clone High, it's the Hand Plus Podcast. Coming at you with a new look, re you know rebranded look, but same old podcast where each week I, Joe Fricky, and my co-host Tristan Mayer break down this week in streaming. Uh, layout looks a little bit different, generally the same. You may notice our thumb thumbnail looked a little different, logos completely different. Uh, I just got tired of the, the look, you know, wanted to change it up, wanted to go something different. So, hey. We got a new look, but like I said, same old podcast. Tristan, just to show everybody it's the same old podcast, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask you every week. How was your week in streaming? I had a pretty light week in streaming. I was uh, kind of distracted. We had a lot going on uh, around me. I was one, I was moving, or I was moving uh, my girlfriend into this place. So we were moving her across Illinois. But at the same time, literally on that day, there was tornadoes and storms and disasters all across the Midwest, including a tree falling on my parents' house and all kinds of craziness going on so i really didn't have much time to actually sit around and, and stream stuff but i watched a couple of things and thankfully there's a lot of news to talk about too so it's going to be a fun podcast but hopefully you watch more than i did jokes i watched like maybe two things i'll be honest didn't watch that much either it was kind of a slow week like it's another one of those weeks kind of how we had it early in the year i was looking around looking for stuff to watch and it just felt a little lacking so i'm gonna go back and talk a little bit about stuff that i've been watching that i haven't maybe brought up in a while uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. But we did have a fair bit of... This was definitely a week of trailers. This I could I could have called the title of this episode Trailers. A week of trailers. Because that's basically what this was. It just felt like every day there was a new trailer drop, especially the last couple days here. Uh, and let's kick it off talking about some trailers. We got the Barry Season 4 uh, trailer. If you're like me, haven't watched Barry, don't really know anything in what it's about. It's basically about a hitman who lives in Los Angeles who kind of is involved relatively with like the acting community but tristan i know you actually watched this show what are your thoughts on the show in general should more people be watching it and how was the trailer are you excited for season four yeah i think this show is great it's a like a hilarious dark comedy it's very much like dexter if you're a fan of dexter and kind of it's sure he's a dark character doing really dark things and this show is a drama but it also has this comedy edge it's even nominated i think for comedy at the emmys so like it definitely feels like it's it's dark but it's hilarious you know when Barry gets himself into all these odd situations and you, you're rooting for him in a way, but he's such a, a, a terrible person. You're kind of rooting for him to be taken down too. And uh, I'm glad this is the final season, not because I want the show to end, but because I'm happy they're going to be able to end it now and not have it be dragged out for years and years and years. And it felt like they were at a point where they probably should end it and it would start to feel kind of ridiculous if he was constantly getting away with killing all the time, you know, and it would start feeling like, you know, Dexter did by the end where it got to like eight, nine seasons and you were like, okay, they're out of ideas at this point, you know, when I feel like ending it here where it's at its peak of popularity, its peak of awards winning, I feel is a sign of confidence, you know, like Breaking Bad ended when it didn't have to because they felt like the story was over and this is the choice to make in here. So I'm glad to see it, even though it's yet another great show leaving HBO Max. I wonder what the future of that platform looks like without Succession, without that, without Westworld, you know, what, what is on HBO Max? All right, well, we're going to answer that question. What is on HBO Max? Next uh, trailer we got is for uh, the White House Plumbers. Based on a true story, essentially the guys behind the entire Nixon-Watergate scandal um, trying to, you know, try to get an edge on the DNC. These guys working basically director, directly under Nixon based on a true story, like I said. You got Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux as kind of the main two. Lena Headey shows up. Uh, it looks like a fun show. It's like a, it's, I think they said per, from the producers of Veep. So there's a level of comedy to it, but it definitely looks like a drama. Justin Theroux's character looks a little over the top, but it looks interesting. Looks you know exciting. Comes out May first, and kind of the weird, interesting thing that always astounded me with the Watergate scandal is Nixon was poised to have like a massive lead, like it, he basically barely had to do anything. He he was expected to win a re-election, and essentially his own insecurity and own everything is what created this whole scandal that you put basically any scandal they throw a gate at the end of it because of watergate so tristan you just watched this trailer a few minutes ago what are your thoughts on the white house yeah. plumbers trailer i just watched it my biggest question going in was definitely the tone like how comedic is this going to be how dramatic is this going to be if it goes way too far in either direction it could kind of lose me and i feel like this has both it's only the trailer but from the trailer i feel like it balances that perfectly where the characters are kind of ridiculous. The situation is absurd because, like, it kind of is, you know. We hear about these weird stories of Nixon walking around in the 
White House naked and going on these rants. He seemed like by this point he kind of like lost it and become ridiculous. And I'm curious, like, how much of a role is Nixon going to play in this like series? I haven't even looked at the cast. Like, is somebody cast as Nixon? Is there going to be scenes with him in it? Is he going to be just as crazy as Justin Theroux's character here? I'm really excited for Justin Theroux and Woody Harrelson more than anything, though. I think that duo is going to be a lot of fun to watch together and. Justin Theroux, I think, when he lets out like that, could be so much fun to watch. And I can't wait to see how him and Woody Harrelson play off each other. Yeah, I remember there was a scene in the, in the trailer where someone was watching the news and we see, like, actual Nixon in the news. So I'm wondering if it's going to be more like people, oh, like, they're just walking into Nixon's office in the scene cut. So they're just, just as the scene starts, they're, like, coming out of Nixon's office. And so, like, you feel his presence. He's always, like, around, but you never actually see him. Yeah, that'll be curious. I wonder, yeah, we'll do something where you like see the back of his head or something yeah. like that, or you'll see some, we don't really see the actual Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. You know, yeah. the trailer, I think, sold me because on, on the face of it, you're like, okay, I guess. But the trailer, the tone of it, and the kind of like the fun of it really like sold me on this definitely being something to, to watch and check out. Is this, this is like a mini series or just going to yeah, be like an ongoing limited series? Yeah. All right, perfect. That's I feel like the way to do it. So I'm excited to excited to check it out. I know it's based on a book, so I might pick up the book and read that before we see the show, so I can kind of compare the reality of the situation. You know how the show compares it to the reality, because that's my biggest question now: is how real is this? Like I know the story is real, obviously, but how truthful are they going to be to the reality of the story? You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. All right, and like I said, that comes out May first on HBO and HBO Max. Uh, we also got a little small news. Uh, HBO Max is planning another Game of Thrones prequel. Uh, they're planning on doing a story about Aegon's conquest, which is kind of in- interesting to me. Like, why wouldn't you just do that as, like, season nine of House of the Dragon? You know, like, why why would that need to be its own separate show? I feel like if House of the Dragon is successful, I remember it did big numbers. Like, why would you need to make that a separate show and not just make that a season further down in House of the Dragon, you know? Yeah, I think we talked about that when House of the Dragon was on. It's like, oh, is this going to be every couple seasons they jump around to different parts of the Targaryen, you know, dynasty? And I don't. I think this news confirms that they're not planning on doing that, you know, because yeah. otherwise they would just do, like you said, they would uh, save it for whatever season they want to do that for. So I feel like this, to me, shows that House of the Dragon might be like a four or five season show that they kind of run till it's good, and then instead of dragging it out with the potential failure they they drop it while it's hot you know and move on to the next the next series similar to like how disney plus is sort of doing it where they'll have a couple seasons of a good marvel show but then move on to another marvel show and i feel like they're just maybe hbo hbo is trying to not risk it once again running a game of thrones show into the ground you know so i'm curious i'm curious about this you know i know this has not been confirmed it's just kind of a rumor out there so we'll see what becomes of it but I'm excited for it. It's an interesting part of the story. I feel like similar to House of the Dragon, I'm not sure how much there is to fill in because we know pretty much how the history goes. But I also feel like House of the Dragon has shown us that they'll subvert what we know a lot in the lore and do some interesting twists with it. So I feel like it would be something that I would like to see as a fan of, of of the books and as a fan of Game of Thrones and as a big fan of House of the Dragon. I can't wait for that show to come back. And I hope that they let this show run out before they start talking about three, four five other different game of thrones shows though yeah yeah i understand yeah i definitely understand that we also got a trailer for the revival of clone high it's a 2d animated show from the basically the uh lord and millers guys who made 21 jump street 22 jump street um they were originally going to make a solo star wars movie but that fell through produced spider-man into the spider-verse uh super popular guys uh, now in Hollywood, kind of going back to what put them on the map. If you haven't watched Clone High or don't know what it is, basically it's a high school where all of the like all of the popular figures throughout history have been cloned and are all going to high school together and kind of just bringing that back and doing a continuation. Obviously, with it being two D animated, it's pretty much all the regular characters that were back. I never actually watched it, Tristan. I don't know if you ever watched the original Clone High, but the trailer for it looks fun. Uh, looks interesting not exactly surprising that it's coming from lord and miller but did you watch the trailer and did it make you want to go back and watch this show yeah i have not seen the original clone high it's been one of those shows that i i always heard about it i knew it was on but i didn't check it out and i'm gonna jump in on this revival i'm gonna i'm probably not gonna go binge the original show i'm curious to see if i jump in on this revival right now when it starts up are they gonna 
have enough to pull me in and bring me in as a new viewer or am I going to be confused and lost, you know, because I feel like they should pull me in. That's probably the point, right? They're going to cater to the old fans, but they're also going to kind of reboot for the new fans in the way that, like, the Proud family did, right, with Louder and Prouder. It essentially picked up where it left off, but they also yeah. kind of took their time to introduce the characters over again so that if you were new, you were able to follow still. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and it's like they did it, but they also included modern technology in into Louder and Prouder as well. I wonder if they, they're going to do something with that or if they're going to pretend like it's still 2003 or 2004 whenever this show originally came out. Yeah, I'm excited to give it a shot because, you know, I like the premise. It sounds kind of cool of all these different historical figures. It'll be fun to see, like, do they do any deep cuts and to reach in to find some interesting people to pull out for characters and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, definitely. All right, and, we, and maybe some modern historical figures, historical figures that weren't known when the original came out, and now they have become historical figures, so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they make a point to like really diversify, give us some interesting kind of soga figures from all across the globe and different things like that. Yeah. All right. We also got a cast for uh, Welcome to Dairy. Uh, looks like it's pretty much the uh, prequel series to the uh, recent It movies. Uh, looks like it's a predominantly black cast and mostly lesser known talent. People that you kind of look at their face and go like, oh, I recognize him or oh, I recognize her, but they're not exactly like big a-list stars and i think that makes it interesting and to me it also kind of i think lends to where the direction of it's going to go i wouldn't be surprised if it focuses on like mike hanlon's parents and grandparents and family just because he was kind of a bigger part especially in the books and he's there basically a lot of his history and story in the books is what was cut from the recent movie so i wonder if that's more where they're going to focus on with this show but they also said it looks like bill skarsgård isn't coming back as pennywise so i wonder if they're going to have it but it is just going to be shown as a different being in the sh in the show versus pennywise the clown yeah i'm really curious about the show because i like that first movie a lot and i think what what made that first movie so good was outside of the kid from stranger things none of those actors were like known you know it was like a whole new cast of fresh faces and i think that really helped us attach to them and I think it's a good thing that these people are, are not like, you know, huge name actors where you're going to be kind of pulled out of it. You're going to kind of be able to launch big careers off of this, you know. And I, I do wonder without Bill Skarsgård, like, do they just recast Pennywise? I'm fine with that if they do. It'll be cool to get a new, t new take on Pennywise. And how deep do they go into, like, the crazy lore of Pennywise, too? That's all how I'm, I'm really excited for this show, though. And I'm excited about this cast, too, because, yeah, the, the It movie launched a lot of cool careers. So I feel like it's it's good to go for some people that aren't necessarily huge huge name people similar to how they did for the movie. Yeah, I agree. Also, uh, one last bit of news for HBO Max: a show called High Science. It kind of seems almost like it's Bill Nye the Science Guy for adults, where Paul Bettany <laughs> plays a sentient robotic bong that uh, shows these two like stoners in their thirties. Like, things about history. Uh, it was just a very weird and wild trailer if you're a fan of history and science. Or not history. If you're a fan of science and, like, weird absurdity, I feel like this show would definitely be right up your alley. Yeah, uh, I did not watch this trailer, but I pulled it up as you were talking about it, and it definitely looks crazy. It looks like something that would air on, like, Adult Swim at 4 in the morning or yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah. So I feel like... You know, it's called high science for a reason. I feel like if you're sitting there with your friends baked and you're like, let's throw on something stupid, this is absolutely something stupid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there was some weird research study Warner Brothers HBO Max did where they're like, people who are high like to watch things about science. And they're like, let's just make the show all of those people will go to. I have to imagine they're dropping this on, on April 20th. Right? Oh, yeah. That would it's, be... it's uh, yes, it is going to be released. Uh, preview will be released on April 20th on, and I think, HBO Max, where the show will start airing on April 26th on HBO. Or Perfect the other timing. way around. I can't remember, but... Yeah, start looking for it on April 20th, 420. Yeah, it says stream early on 420 on HBO Max, and then start watching on Discovery, uh, 426, airing at 10 p.m. Yep, there we go. So, um, is it going to be, like, simultaneously releasing on HBO Max every week? or yeah we'll see we'll see yeah i do not know the answer to that question 
All right, there is literally nothing on Amazon Prime this week. <laughs> I looked for something to watch. Nothing really stuck out to me. It's like this would interest me or this is something I should talk about on the show. I looked up news. There's really no Amazon Prime news, so I was just like, we're skipping Amazon Prime this week. Sorry for them, but if I don't have anything to talk about, I'm not going to just dig something up just to have a reason to talk about Amazon Prime this week. No, and I feel like I did read an article about Amazon Prime that this week that I could mention, but it was... Honestly, about how Amazon doesn't seem to have a direction on their streaming mm-hmm. platform. They're kind of just greenlighting random things. They're kind of just buying a bunch of IP and, a bu- and you know, signing out a bunch of talent for big names and big money, but then not really producing anything out of like mo- outside of like moderately fine hits. You know, and I feel like that article definitely summarized how we've been feeling about Amazon recently. And I feel like that just kind of confirms that yet. Yeah, it is definitely a problem at the company that they don't seem to be managing their, their streaming platform very well. They don't seem to have a direction. And even former executives and creatives have said, like, they have no, there's no idea what, what does a prime show look like? You know, when you think of like a Netflix show, you kind of know what that looks like. Think of an HBO Max, show, you certainly know what a good HBO drama looks like, you know. But when you think of a prime show, I don't, there's nothing to really think of outside yeah. of an okay, you know, show that no, a few people watch. Yeah, they have. I guess. Yeah, they have everything from Invincible <laughs> to The Boys to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to Reacher to The Terminal List. Like, instead of just kind of being like, "This is who we are," they're like, "We do everything," which is fine when you're a shipping company and you're like, "We ship everything." But as far as like when you're making content, it's like Disney Plus is like family content. Like, if you have ki- if you can only have if you have kids and you can only have one streaming service, Disney Plus makes the most sense. But like. If if you're not, and they all have their demographics, so there's something, if you're in this certain demographic, you have something coming out pretty much every week that will interest you. But Amazon Prime, if they're releasing every week, they have Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. And then the next month, it's Marvel, Miss, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And the next month, it's The Terminalist. And then the next month, it's Invincible. And then the next month, it's Reacher. Like, there comes a point where it's like, one month out of the year, you may be interested in Amazon Prime's big show. And the problem is, too, like, even if you start it, you might not necessarily end up wanting to keep paying for multiple months in a row to finish it. Because uh, they also said in the article that, which is a big headline that everyone talked about, was was that Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power had, I think, a 37% completion rate, which meant if you started the first episode and finished it, I think it was, did you finish the entire series? And only 37% did. And that's a very low number for something that big of an IP, something that expensive, you know. People will usually get in like the 50s, you know, the 40s if they're kind of like doing badly, you know. So that's pretty bad for something that was so hyped and so expensive and so big. And based off of one of the most beloved IPs of like an entire, (laughs) this whole century so far, maybe like our whole generation loved those movies. And I feel like even as a fan of that season, everyone just kind of went, eh, you know, it was, it was okay, you know, and, and I'm not surprised nobody finished it, you know, and. That's not a good look for Amazon when their big, huge IP, their biggest, most expensive thing of all time is just kind of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of shows coming up from Amazon that I am was excited for that I'm not kind of not as excited for because it sounds like they don't really have a direction or where to go with some of this stuff. Yep. All right. You ready to move over to Netflix? I'm ready. Have to be roasted Amazon a little bit. All right, Netflix announced that they're doing a Scott Pilgrim versus the World anime with the voice cast of the live act or the cast of the live action movie coming back to voice the characters. And I'm gonna be honest, I've not watched the original Scott Pilgrim movie, have not read the comic that it's based off of, and I'm not uh-huh. really a big anime fan. So I'm just gonna say like none of this really. Like, I saw that news, and I was just like, oh, okay. But I can understand, like, a lot of people seeing that and getting super hyped about it. But for me, I was just like, eh. I mean, if you're a fan of it, I'm happy for you. But I'm probably not going to be the person that checks this out. I'm really excited for this. Uh, I love this Scott Pilgrim movie. I haven't really checked out the books much. But uh, I'm, I'll probably check out a couple of the volumes, you know, to get an idea of the style and stuff. Because I'm imagining that the anime is going to be kind of similar to the style of the of the comic book i would think that they go for that direction but who who really knows and i think what makes me most excited about this honestly though is the cast like the cast of that movie is just so ridiculously stacked you wouldn't even believe it when you go through that cast list like there's no business for any movie having that level of a cast you know yeah i kind of feel like that movie cast kind of reminds me of the losers 
that had like a bunch of people right before they blew off and they even both have chris evans but the losers it was like idris elba chris evans zoe saldana uh jeffrey dean morgan all like right before they blew up and that yeah you and have that, yeah you have so many people in here you know michael sarah mary elizabeth winstead Kieran Culkin, Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, R.B. Plaza, you know, Jason Swartzman, of course, Chris Evans shows up, Brandon Routh shows up, and all of those are coming back for Brie the Larson. anime. Brie Larson. You know, so you're going to have a huge cast, and I'm really happy they all came back. You know, of course, their scenes are not necessarily that long, you know, but I'm imagining in an anime they're going to give some more time to it. You know, the premise is that Ramona Flowers uh, is this girl and Scott Pilgrim, starts dating her and then realizes she has seven evil ex-boyfriends who have superpowers and he has to fight all seven of them if he wants to start dating her. So it's essentially going to, you know, he starts fighting each of them one by one and Chris Evans plays one of them, Brandon Routh, or Chris Evans shows up and Brandon Routh shows up. So, you know, they don't necessarily have big roles, but uh, they have a few scenes and I'm hoping to see this anime expand upon that and give them more scenes and kind of give a lot of these characters more time to be together. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I love the movie, so I can't wait to see all this cast back together, and I'm so happy that everybody is back. Yeah. yeah I'm happy for you, Tristan. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. But I know you are, and I hope it's good. You should at least check out the original movie, Joe. I think you'd have a good time with it. It's not really anime. It's more like, you know, anime-inspired. You know, it's sort of like a video game more than yeah. anime, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. All right, our next topic, trailer for the Chris Hemsworth-led Extraction 2 dropped. Uh, I haven't even seen the first Extraction. It's just kind of, to me, all wrapped up in that same um, John Wick ripoff style thing of, like, Chris Hemsworth going on a mission to extract somebody. Uh, this one trailer kind of just seemed like one scene cut down into a trailer and in the scene. Chris Hemsworth just has like a riot shield and he's beating people up and he's on fire and the shield's on fire and the people he's beating up and then his arm catches fire and it looked a little too much like CG fire where I'm like, I don't think that was real fire on his arm and he's punching somebody. You know, if you're, if you like kind of old school, like 80s action movies, 90s action movies, I feel like Extraction 2's up your alley, but I don't know if it necessarily made me be like, I need to watch Extraction 2 when it comes out. Yeah, I liked some uh, good action movies, you know, but uh, like you said, this does feel like a, a John Wick ripoff. It doesn't feel very ambitious or anything like that, you know. And I'm gonna, I might check it out because it, you know, it looks like it'd be a fun watch to just see some Chris Hemsworth and some cool action sequences. But what makes a cool action sequence is, you know, a practical stunt or like a really interesting camera work and things like that. And when it's just kind of like CGI fire and and stuff like that and slow mo's, it's just like kind of I don't know. It's not as it's not as interesting, but I'm, I'm going to watch this and I'll give you my thoughts on it, Joe, and see if it's if it's worth a shot. All right. And the first else? one is a, a better than most of the, you know, it's, it's that, certainly a step up from normal Netflix action movies. All right. And we also have, and all the boomers will be happy, Night Agent Season 2 has been approved. I, th I think we talked a little bit about Night Agent Season 1, where basically it's just a guy in like the basement of like the Pentagon or the White House or something, and his job is just to answer the phone, and the phone never rings. Well, one time the phone rings, so that show got Season 2. So. <laughs> it was a huge hit. I uh, was got tons of views, and you know, it was the number one show on Netflix for a long, long time, so... Netflix got themselves a hit here. I didn't watch it, but I'm going to check it out probably yeah. now that it's got renewed and I'm hearing so many good things about it. So yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. It kind of just slipped out of nowhere. One of those Netflix, Netflix does that a lot where all of a sudden they just drop something with no marketing and no anticipation. And it's just all of a sudden a huge, ridiculous hit. <laughs> yeah. That's how Stranger Things was. It was like Stranger Things came out and there wasn't really much talk about it. And then there was a little bit of talk about it. And then there was a little more and a little more. And then pretty soon everyone you knew had watched Stranger Things. Yeah, you were like, oh, my dad's got to watch this. My brother's got to watch this. And yep. that's the Netflix strategy. Just drop something and let people do the marketing. Yep, exactly. Just put it as, you know, a for an everyone's for you section on Netflix and hope the poster you curate for their profile uh, <laughs> intrigues them enough to watch it. And all right, it's stuff we actually watched this week. I watched the first couple episodes of the new Rob Lowe show, Unstable. It's a, you know, sitcom Rob Lowe is the scientist and his wife has recently passed away and his wife was always the one who grounded him and 
kept him on track and kept him focused but after she passed you know he kind of spiraled out of control and doesn't really show up to work and doesn't do anything but the you know future of the company and all of his employees kind of hinge on him working and creating new things and and so his you know his assistant basically goes out and tries to get his son who he doesn't really talk to played by Rob Lowe's actual son to come to the company and come travel across country and try to talk to his dad that he doesn't really talk to and kind of fill the role that his mom used to do as far as like keeping him on track and keeping him focused and keeping him grounded uh, and so it's basically like a father-son story an estranged father and son uh, trying to come together and understand each other when they both just view everything very differently um so like a comedic show funny show rob Lowe plays the character he's kind of been playing uh the last few years starting on parks and rec but tristan did you have you seen any trailer about it do you know anything about it yeah i was definitely curious about this one because i think it sounded interesting and i like rob Lowe, uh so i was curious to see it and i think your positive review definitely i'm gonna check it out i'll yeah. definitely give that one a watch I liked it. My fiance didn't like it so much, and we were watching TV together, so I, you know, we agreed to just watch something else. But if I was watching it alone, I probably would have finished it, finished out the season, or at least whatever they've dropped so far. I'm definitely excited for Beef. That's now on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to start it yet, but I'm gonna review that by next week. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Probably start that today too. Yeah, speaking of beef, I think, you know, we're in a group chat, and I was talking about it. Apparently, we've all just been stay saying Stephen Young's name wrong because Ali Wong was on Good Morning America yesterday or the day before and was talking about him and her co-star and she kept she kept emphasizing the Yun because I feel like for however long he's been famous everyone's been saying Stephen Yun but she's like yeah Stephen Yun and I uh are you know we had a great time on the show I really like working with Stephen Yun so Stephen Yun I gotta I gotta correct myself you know yeah all right so yeah moving forward he is Stephen Yun because he has always been Stephen Yun and uh, I believe that ends our Netflix discussion and moves us over to Disney+. Plus. I will start with uh, the Muppets Mayhem teaser. It really didn't tell us any information we didn't already know. I feel like this teaser was more for people who don't read articles, where it was just a very quick, like, 30-second snapshot, essentially saying what the show's going to be. Like, hey, we're releasing a show about the rock band from the Muppets. Uh, no one's ever done anything with them, and now we're doing something with them. Also, Tosh Mari and Lily, Lily Singer in the show was basically all that was gathered from the trailer. So it was basically an article in video form, if that makes sense. And also, the Secret Invasion trailer dropped, star you know the new Disney Plus show starring Samuel L. Jackson, set in the MCU, following his character Nick Fury as. You know, there's slowly been a secret invasion of all of these aliens who can shapeshift and seamlessly pretend to be humans. And I'm very curious to see, you know, if there's been characters we've been following for a long time who've secretly been aliens. And Tristan, what, what were your thoughts on the secret invasion trailers? It seemed like very dark, seemed very much in style with kind of Captain America Winter Soldier and that kind of tone but just with aliens and do you think the show is going to stay that tone or do you think they're going to lie to us like they did with the Avengers Age of Ultron trailer yeah I think this trailer is honestly really impressive I'm looking forward to the show a lot you know I was definitely curious about the tone but this is going for that spy thriller feel you know I think I think they're gonna nail it and it looks really well shot and you know and what we've seen of it and I hope that it looks that good throughout, you know? It feels like this is something that they wanted to feel cinematic and big and epic and kind of like Nick Fury's finally getting his own story is kind of like one last big adventure. And I hope that they kind of deliver on something cool for Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury to give this, give themselves a great spy, threat, spy adventure, you know, that launches not just the secret invasion story, but I think this has also going to launch some of the Captain America story for Captain America, uh, New World Order. I think it might launch Thunderbolts. So I feel like Marvel has a lot mm -hmm. to kind of launch from this one show. So I hope that they balance all of that while still making a really exciting thriller. But yeah, this trailer was great. And I'm really looking forward to this. And even more so now after watching this trailer, because I, I was really impressed by it. And I hope, like you said, they're not just lying to us and making a really serious trailer for a very goofy and bad show. So my question for you is, Samuel L. Jackson's been involved in the MCU for 15 years now. Do you think there's a chance where, you know, he's older in age, he's got to be like in his 70s, where he's just like, this is the end for me, and they kill him at the end of the show? 
Yeah, I think it was definitely a possibility, especially in the era of, you know, variants and everything like that. There's no reason it can't come back at some point for a single scene, a single movie or something like that. But I could see him being like, you know what? I've been in the Curry forever. I I could, I, I can just step away for a while, you know, and, and I, I think that could be a way. But I also feel like maybe he wouldn't, you know, I feel like they're kind of baiting when they say, oh, one last mission. I feel like when they when you say something like that, you're probably not going to kill the character. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't put that in the trailer. So I feel like he might step away for a while, you know, retire. But I, I don't know if they're going to kill Nick Fury. I, I, I theorize no. That's my prediction. Maybe they kill him off and the Nick Fury variant we see in uh, the MCU moving forward is played by an actor who's appeared in the MCU before, specifically in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And that's they bring in David Hasselhoff to play nick fury moving forward maybe they're going in more of a goofier over the top tone and they're like david hasselhoff playing the character again would be perfect for the mcu i totally forgot about that but you know i definitely could see that happening in secret wars i feel like they're going to lean into any cameo they can get but yeah i'm not expecting a lot of cameos in in a secret invasion though that doesn't seem like it's going to be the cameo centric uh i think cameo centric I think any cameo we seen yeah. will see in Secret Invasion will be by like characters and people who've been in the MCU before, like someone like Wong or like Jeremy Renner or someone like that showing up is who I would imagine the cameos. I don't think it'll be like crazy character. You know, I don't think we'll see like Chris Evans, uh, Johnny Storm in Secret Invasion or anything crazy like that. No, I'm I'm definitely not thinking that. But anyone like Don Cheadle shows up, and yeah. that makes sense because he would go to see John Don Cheadle's character for help, maybe you know and. I'm also excited because we were curious, like, the Skrulls have been good guys in the MCU, so how are they going to kind of turn against uh, Nick Fury? What is the plot going to be, essentially, you know? And this kind of answers that, you know? It feels like the Skrulls seem to have this new leader in Olivia Coleman that's kind of, like, radicalized them and turned them against the ways of peace, you know? It seems like it's kind of one of those things, though, where your time of peace is gone, we tried peace, now we're going to try violence, you know? And... I'm 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 curious to see how that all plays out and what they're trying to like say politically because sometimes some of these Marvel shows will try to say something politically and just be kind of like seem to miss yeah. <laughs> miss a little bit you know so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I agree. All right, you ready to move on to the big big topic of today? I uh, am Joe Duki Kami Aloha season two, right? Yeah, that's that, what, that's is that what dropped we're talking yet? about. It has dropped. Oh, Joe, you well. didn't watch it? I thought that was what we were talking about. There's 12 oh. episodes to talk about. Oh, we, we will talk, talk about, about that next week. I will start that, and we will talk about that next week. I did not even realize it dropped. I was scrolling through Disney Plus, too, and I did not even notice it. That is well, my sure. fault. Not even a real fan of, of Dookie. Have you even watched it yet? Look, I, I have all 12 of them. Ten, There's 10 episodes. I watched about two minutes of, of, of one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You know, if we if you haven't watched season one, I have no idea good or bad how season two was. But you know, if you want to watch season one, I would recommend season one. It's better has it's a hundred times better than I thought it would be. But I thought it would be trash, like just straight garbage. So it's not like the most amazing show ever. But it's just whatever I thought the bar of what the ceiling for what season one could be before it came out, it cleared that somehow. So uh, we'll see how season two goes. Not a great sign, though, that they dropped it all at once because I kind of think that implies there's not going to be a season three. I do have good news for you, Joe, though, because we were looking at the poster and we were, you're concerned about the presence of one of our favorite characters. Walter. You know? Walter I saw Walter was on the I want to confirm to you that Walter has returned. You know, Walter is among the, 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 the cast. He continues to be present in season two. We'll see how the relationship drama plays out. Will Dookie be able to, you know, manage... The career of her medical profession versus love for Walter. You know, we'll see how the how it goes. The only person under forty named Walter. This is the only show that dropped on Disney Plus today, right? Or this week? Uh, not well. The only all show we had a show that released an episode this week, uh, and that is a show uh, called The Mandalorian, season three, chapter twenty-two. Uh, I'm doing a horrible job as a host today i got a bunch of other things on my mind right now blanking on the name but i noticed this is only the second episode in mandalorian history that did not start with the word the which i thought was strange uh every single one of them starts with like the foundling the child the this the that this is only the second one uh but essentially um it's called guns for hire guns for hire there we go guns for hire and essentially bo katan and din jaren are off looking for you know bo-katan's 
uh, old friends like Axe Woves and uh, the, 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 the former WWE wrestler. I can't remember her character's name. But basically, like, they've gone off. They've become mercenaries. They've become guns for hire. But Bo-Katan, I'm like, I'm trying to unite all of the Mandalorians again. So I'm going to reach out to the Mandalorians I know. They're guns for hire working for this kind of over-the-top crazy community. And so she goes there, and they're basically like, yeah, to talk to our guys, uh, we'll allow that. But we need you to take care of our droid problem. And I know a lot of people were like, what is this show? This is crazy. This doesn't really feel like The Mandalorian anymore. But this is honestly the first episode this season that reminded me of the plot of season one and two. And instead of just like, oh, you got to take out these like five weird little alien creatures, they actually have a budget now to afford to be able to like, oh, you have to invade an entire city and like do this. And it's just the same oh. thing every episode of season one and two are just now on a grander scale and i also thought it was kind of a weird commentary essentially on what if like the clone wars didn't happen and death watch never showed up it kind of reminded me of like this is what duchess satine wanted mandalore to be it was like very peaceful like the people in charge were called like or like duke and duchess um and it just kind of had that vibe to it. And I thought that was kind of interesting for like, if you're a deep hardcore canon fan, you kind of make that connection. But Tristan, I've said a lot about this episode. I feel like I'm slightly more positive on it than you are, but what are your thoughts on Guns for Hire? Yeah, I had a couple of positives. I did think it was kind of cool to see like the, that old style of, of Mandalore, right? Like the duchesses and the dresses and all of that stuff, you know, that was the kind of the stuff I liked about Mandalore and the Clone Warriors and stuff that I've kind of missed, you know, now that Mandalore is essentially just people walking around in Mandalorian armor all the time and there's not any of that, like, elegance to it, you know, yeah. at this point. Yeah. I miss the elegance and I was happy to see it back for a little bit. Uh, I also thought it was kind of cool at the beginning there's, like, this tank thing with, like, a fish uh, alien inside of yeah. it and she's, like, you know, in this tank and they like pour a little fish in there and she eats it and i thought that was a really cool effect of like the tank coming down with the water coming down and like really interesting like star wars thing i've never seen anything quite exactly like that in the star wars ship you know when i thought it was cool of like if a species looked like this you know what would what would they need in a ship to you know to like yeah. keep themselves hydrated and that kind of stuff you know it's the kind of like details that are kind of fun to sweat when you're doing sci-fi like that you know so that was something i thought was really cool but uh, the rest of this episode, Joe, was pretty rough to get through. You know, like you got this was like what half half an hour, and I swear it was like three hours. I kept checking. I was like, "Is this thing? Is this this thing is not done yet? Like, what are we doing with this show?" And it's not even the fact that like they had this random one-off episode type of thing, but it was like so boring, and it was like shot so. The chase scene is just like, okay, here's them running, and here's them running, and here's them running. And it's like, there's no dynamic camera work of any kind or anything. And then these celebrity cameos are like so desperate and embarrassing and hard. To, like, what are we doing with Jack Black showing up? I doing thought it like was a fun. British accent going like, whoa, look at the goo. It's like, what is this an SNL crossover? Like, what are what is happening in this show? This is so bad. And we're. We're, we were talking last week of like, oh, we only have a couple episodes left in the season, so we're probably going to get like a good direction of like, you know, what the whole point of this whole se season has been so far. You know, we're getting towards the end, and then all of a sudden it's just like Lizzo playing games with Grogu, you know, doing some force hoops. Yeah, it was fun. Star Wars is fun, and it was fun. We had a droid was, bar. I mean, we had a droid bar. That was fun. I like droid bars. The droids, droids bars. were cool. You know, was it were you, were they practical droids? All of those droids? I'm not gonna say all of them. I'm gonna say like probably some of the ones he was chasing. Maybe was more like a practical thing. Cause I was I was kind of cool to see practical battle droids. Cause in all of the battle droids in the prequels were CG, so it was like the first time I believe we've seen any practical versions of the super battle droids or of the the you know, soldier style battle droids. I was hoping for some more Roger Rogers though. You know, how do we not get a, a Roger Roger in there when we got those droids walking around? But mm -hmm. Yeah, this was this was rough, and I feel like having celebrity cameos this obvious and upfront is really like what made this episode so cringy and hard to get through for me. Because I don't mind when you're like, "Oh, Kevin Smith played that 
Stormtrooper or whatever, you know? I don't even mind when Star Wars references itself, but it feels really odd and bizarre when Star Wars references, like, the real world and starts bringing people like Jack Black and Lizzo in to look at the camera and pose and stuff like that. It was so obvious and not at all natural, you know? We compare that to Zeb last week where you're like, oh, if you don't know it's Zeb, it's just mm. some guy. But Jack Black is just, like, winking and nudging way too much into the camera and acknowledging the camera and, like, not even, like, that Star Wars doesn't need to acknowledge itself in that way. I don't know. It, it felt desperate to me and really kind of, like, embarrassing to watch, honestly. Would you have felt different if they were in, like, heavy makeup where, like, it took you a couple minutes to realize, like, oh, this is Lizzo and Jack Black? Yeah, I would have felt a lot different about that because that would have, I, I, for me, it was the fact that it was so obvious in the costumes that really does felt like, did feel like they brought Pedro Pascal and Katie Sackhoff on for an SNL skit. And they were like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they showed up to a planet with Jack Black and Lizzo? Just a hand. How do you feel? Okay, my question to you, because we just disagree entirely on the whole Lizzo and Jack Black of it all. What do you, what's your thoughts on the whole um, Darksaber situation? Because I feel, I feel differently than a lot of people online, too, as far as him basically. Essentially, I rewatched it, and he essentially lied about what happened. Because um, he basically told the Mandalorians, he's like, well, you see, what had happened was <laughs> I was attacked by this creature, and the creature took it, and then she killed the creature, so it belongs to her. And I mean, it ties back to what Moff Gideon said before was it's about the story, where really mm-hmm. what happened was the creature just knocked him out. He dropped it, and Bo-Katan just picked it up. Um, but I that, think that, that part of it, a compelling story. I think part of it is that Din doesn't really want to be yeah. the leader of Mandalore, you know? Yeah. He, he wants to be able to get, give it to Bo-Katan because he knows that Bo-Katan wants it and will be a better leader than him, you know? Yeah. And he wants to hype up, you know, his friend to be like, oh, yeah, she she fought the monster, man. She took the Darksaber and fought this monster. Yeah. Yeah, I also have a theory that I think Bo-Katan dies at the end of the season. I think part of all of this hyping it up and everything is Bo-Katan. Oh, Bo-Katan's going to be the leader. Bo-Katan's this. And then Bo-Katan just gets killed by Moff Gideon. And Din is basically like, okay, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to be doing all of this. Because really, so far, he's had no reason. Like, like basic storytelling would be like, oh, he has the Darksaber, he's going to lead Mandalore. But then you look at Din as a character, and you'd be like, why would he want to do that? And I feel like some of this season is showing, but why would he want to do that? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bo-Katan, just for the third time, is successful at having the Darksaber and trying to lead Mandalore. But somehow, I doubt it. I, I think part of this is we're showing Bo-Katan, so when Moff Gideon shows up out of nowhere in like one of the final two episodes and just kills her, um, and maybe we see Din, you know, essentially kill her. Because there is, I think there's a Lego set. Because basically this is where all Star Wars leaks come from now, is Lego sets. Is <laughs> There's a Lego set that I guess is going to be from the final battle of this season, and Din has the Darksaber in that Lego set. Oh, interesting. So I think somehow he gets it back. And there's also theories that maybe they share it. Maybe they become like co-leaders. She represents the old, or she represents kind of the new ways of Mandalore. Din represents the old ways, and they're kind of become co-leaders of Mandalore and share the dark saber. Yeah, I think that could be a good way, especially because they emphasize oh, Bo-Katan has walked both worlds. You said that like so many times in a row. So I feel like they're kind of going for like, they both have these different sides of what it means to be a Mandalore, you know. Yeah. And they're kind of going to become hand-in-hand leaders. Maybe romantically, you know, maybe if not, rom- maybe romantically, but maybe just kind of like as people who both respect each other as fighters and believers, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people say this season is aimless and there's really not a direction, but I'm going to hold off on saying that or thinking that really until we see the end of the season. Because if the season ends and you're like, oh, I understand why everything happened the way it did and everything makes sense now. I'm not going to be like, oh, the season's aimless. But if the season ends and I'm like, I really don't understand anything that happened and it doesn't even feel like an end, I'll just be, I'll jump on board with a lot of the other people that's like, oh, it's kind of aimless. But, you know, there's. I don't mind aimless if you end up going to interesting places, you know, when you're wandering around, you know, and yeah. I feel like they just didn't really accomplish that here. You know, like there was interesting elements to the places they were at, but I just feel like it was so bland looking and so just like overlit there was nothing really compelling about the place that they went to or any of the like the world that they visited you know like there was nothing really interesting about it so 
I was just kind of felt like we wasted our time for most of this episode, and the episode literally existed only to get those cameos in. You know, I felt I like this I... episode literally only exists because they wanted Lizzo and Jack Black and to show up, and then they were like, "Oh, we also can get Christopher Lloyd in here, so let's have him be there too." You know. <laughs> the two things I would say is there's been something about they think the Ugnots are basically going to build a droid army for the Mandalorians as like a thank you to Din and Bo-Katan for like proving that we weren't the ones who messed up. And also I feel like there's going to be something that comes from Lizzo knighting Grogu. I think that's I think that's going to lead into somewhere. I don't think that happened and then it's just never going to be brought back again. And I also saw someone bring up the... Uh, Mon Calamari from the beginning of like he was with the Quarren and he wasn't supposed to be there and their whole Romeo and Juliet love is forbidden ties back to season one who they claimed um, uh, when uh, Grief Karka is offering Mandalorian different jobs and different bounties he can go after he's like oh here's a Mon Calamari uh, that the uh, Mon Calamari family believes was kidnapped by the Quarren and he's the son of a like politically important person a lot of people think oh that's like supposed to be that Mon Calamari and he wasn't kidnapped he ran off with the hit the Quarren interesting uh I guess it kind of ties to a couple of little questions there then you know yeah but yeah I mean like I said it to me my thoughts on the season will you know change when the season's over like what do I think of the season and I'm not gonna like midway through be like I don't really understand what the season's about because Hopefully when the season ends, it'll be like, okay, everything's kind of comes into picture more. Yeah, and I've honestly been really positive on this season so far. I'm way more than I thought I would be. This is the first episode of this season where I was negative, and I came, like, it just ended up being so negative that it was like a whiplash. I was yeah. like, the season was honestly going so well yeah. that it felt strange to have such a bizarrely bad episode in the middle of it, especially when Bryce Dallas Howard has had some of the better episodes yeah. of previous seasons, you know, and then she just turns out this that genuine like looks and feels like a super bowl commercial you know it's there's like nothing to the direction or anything you know yeah. like where what i don't know i'm hoping that this was a, a random one-off thing and we're not gonna have anything like this in the rest of the season you know i'm hoping that the rest of the season is a bit better yeah. than this episode was because all of a sudden i'm nervous that they're gonna drop the ball by the end yeah watch them killed in and then Grogu is just like Bo-Katan raises Grogu and they're like, yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal just felt he was too committed to other things to be able to continue being in the Mandalorian. So Bo-Katan's the Mandalorian now and she's going to raise Grogu. At that point, I'd be like, they should have just ended with season two and then just season three is like the Bo-Katan show. What they really should do is kill out Bo-Katan and Din and then just have Jack Black and Lizzo raise, oh, yeah. Mando or raise Grogu the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw my message. Maybe you did, uh, but Tom Holland's brother uh, was promoting uh, this episode. Harry Holland was promoting this episode the night before it aired, and like me and Tristan were talking, like, is Tom Holland going to make a cameo? I mean, Tom Holland has worked with Jon Favreau before, so maybe he's going to be like the voice of a random Mandalorian or something. No, it turns out Tom Holland's brother was the voice of the Mon Calamari in the beginning, so uh, kind of makes sense now why he was promoting the episode and used a... Uh, the it's a trap meme in his tweet so it makes sense because that's the species of character he's playing so it all comes together no we definitely did not need a, another cameo uh from another celebrity in the episode you know what if, what if tom holland was just like had like one line as a mandalorian never removes his helmet doesn't say anything and that was kind of the end of it would it would that like one more bother you or would, like see that's an actual episode? that's a real cameo you know that's not the lead of the episode yeah. you know yeah all right i think we got one more uh this week uh on hulu i watched the show rock the block if you haven't watched it before it's hosted by ty pennington and essentially there's like four houses this is season four i believe i've been watching it haven't really talked about it um and each week there's or not each week but each season there's four houses um on this block that all are brand new houses brand new builds that all have the same floor plan and there's two uh duos or, well, there's a duo, sorry, at each house, two people at each house, and they all have, each of them have their own show on HGTV. Um, so, like, a lot, it's basically a big commercial for HGTV. Um, and each week on the show, they renovate or kind of, like, design a different part of the house. They might do, like, the master bedroom and the side suite, or they might do the living room, or they might do the kitchen, and then they have judges come in and kind of say like who won and then they get basically a couple thousand dollars to add on to the money they can use for the next week 
And then at the end, they have appraisers come in and say, like, what duo added the most value minus their budget, and that's the winner of the season. It's kind of a fun show. If you're a fan of, like, HGTV renovation shows, uh, it's in line with that. Uh, I enjoy it. It's Me and my fiancé always play a game every time we watch it. Like, we don't really say what we like or dislike about uh, each build and then at the end of the episode we try to guess which per- which was the other person's favorite but it's kind of a it's a fun show hour-long episode I don't know if it's anything you'd be into Tristan but if that type of show is up your alley it's definitely worth checking out uh, not as, I mean I watched Extreme Makeover Home Edition back in the day I can get into an intense rehab show like that you know so uh, it could be something that I, I background watch one of these nights you know Oh, and I've also been watching uh, How I Met Your Father on Hulu. Uh, I think this season, it's I think with most uh, comedies, kind of finds itself around season two. Season one, I think, is a, on comedies, it's a lot of just like figuring out what the show is. You look at most sitcoms and compare season one to the rest of the season, and it's a very different show. And uh, season two, it's like, okay, what parts are we taking from How I Met Your Mother and what part is going to be our own style? And I think they're finally kind of like hit their groove. So if you're a How I Met Your Mother fan, I definitely think it's worth checking out. But I don't think you necessarily have to have watched How I Met Your Mother to enjoy How I Met Your Father. But there are like references and cameos and stuff like that that appear. I'm uh, definitely, definitely going to check this one out. I watched the first couple of episodes and I enjoyed it. But I never ended up sticking with it too much. But yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out and watch it. So that's one that I want to watch. And there's uh, uh, someone from, uh, I can tell Tristan about after the show ends because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that maybe doesn't want to know. But there's someone that was a cast member on How I Met Your Mother that looks like they're going to play a very large part in the upcoming storyline in How I Met Your Father that I'm excited to watch. Um but yeah, that pretty much gets us towards. The I'm end looking of- forward uh, to Dave, Dave. Uh, season oh, yeah. three. Yep. Little Dicky has a a comedy drama on FX that is not going to be airing simultaneous, I believe, or like maybe the next day or something like that on on Hulu. Uh, it's just kind of like absurdist dark comedy. If you've seen something like uh, I don't know, Louie was similar to this in its own way, or like even Girls had its own era, very very similar to Girls, but it has like this strange humor and. Little Dicky once in a while brings in like music and stuff like that, but it's not really like, you know, a, a music show. He's playing a version of himself, you know, and kind of like it brings in that idea of like comedians are kind of like these neurotic, depressed people trying to kind of like find some meaning in their in their lives and kind of like he kind of explores his mental health in a lot of ways and deep dives into like his depression and his anxieties and a lot of his, his faith around, you know, being raised Jewish and that kind of stuff. Uh, so it sounds like season three is going to be a good one. He posted on Facebook saying he was really moved by what they went for and what they pushed the show to, and they never really saw the show becoming what it's become in terms of being so dramatic and interesting, but he's really proud of what they've accomplished. So I feel like they're going to push that dramatic tinge of it uh, even further, similar to like Bojack Horseman in a way where Bojack Horseman was about this like wacky celebrity, but also he was kind of, he was, you know, depressed and had all this trauma and they kind of, as the show went along, really started diving into that side of the character and it seems like this show is doing that too so i'm really excited to see more of it um yeah um you know i i was a fan of little dicky listened to a lot of his music in college but i've never actually watched the show i probably should i probably need to he's got that pepsi commercial out right now i think it's pepsi or maybe it's coke i don't remember that's pretty bad advertisement when i can't remember which (laughs) one it is uh but with him and one of his friends and then magic johnson shows up at the end of the commercial I think you'd like the show a lot, Joe, especially if you're a fan of, of Lil Dicky and you have like history with his music and stuff. So yeah. I think you'd like it. It's very funny and kind of, you know, if you're a fan of his, his humor and his weird, you know, absurd kind of take on things, I feel like you'd, you'd like the show a lot. All right. So I guess that leaves us for one last thing, and that is our MVP of the week. Tristan, do you have any nominations for MVP of the week? MVP of the week. Uh, look... It's tough because I, I'm thinking MVP and I, I want to go for like a, over on Netflix. I'm thinking like Brian Lee O'Malley or, or uh, Edgar Wright. They got the co-cast back together again. That's a hard cast to assemble. You know, I was going to check like who is the casting director of this. That would probably be like, was that the person you go to or was it 
that was my struggle because I was like, if I'm going to nominate someone from that, who do I nominate? You know, because I want to. I was trying to recognize the fact that all these people have come together again, but is, I was is struggling. Is Edgar Wright you know? like going to be the main showrunner for the show? He is a producer on it, uh, and he tweeted about you know. It sounds like he was really involved because he tweeted a lot about how much how much he worked on it and stuff like that. If he's that involved, I would say I feel confident because like no one from Mandalorian. I was thinking maybe Samuel L. Jackson for the Secret Invasion trailer, but like if the show comes out and it's nothing like the trailer, then it's like maybe we should go back in time and give the award to the person who edited the trailer. Uh, but it's not like it's the most amazingly edited trailer or anything. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm good if we want to give the uh, the MVP of the week to Edgar Wright for bringing the band back together for Scott Pilgrim. Obviously nothing I'm like a big fan of, but I recognize its cultural relevance here, and I recognize that that's a massive cast to bring back together for a show. So if you're okay with it, I'm down to give the MVP of the week to Edgar Wright for bringing the Scott Pilgrim versus the World cast back together. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah, trying to fight me for Jack Black to be in there, Joe. No, because I mean, I understood the negative reaction. So as I'm flickering it back and forth, our little thing, our MVP of the week is Edgar Wright. Uh, so can't wait. You know, last week I posted uh, kind of an MVPs of the month of March or MVP of the week for the month of March uh, on our Instagram. So check us out on Instagram at uh, the Hand Plus. And I realize now the thing at the bottom is, says hashtag the hand plus, not at the end plus. I scoured this thing, making sure everything looked perfect. And I now just realize it says hashtag the hand plus. I'm going to change that uh, before next week. But yeah, so end of every month, I'm going to be posting on there kind of all of our MVPs of the week. Uh, we had a lot of great ones last week or last month. So hoping to have some more this month. Off to a great start with Edgar Wright. Uh, Tristan, I only have one final question for you. Uh, if you could pick any MCU character to appear in the Secret Invasion and to be revealed to be a scroll the entire time we've known them, who would you pick? Oh god, the entire time we'd known them, I think it would be kind of fun if uh, Florence Pugh's character turned out to be a scroll the whole time because people have really started to root for her and see her as this cool new potential Black Widow. And how could that be if people? How would people react if all of a sudden? You know, one of their fan favorite new blood characters with a scroll. I think that would be really a fun twist. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm rooting for, I think, you know, it'd be a low kind of... I feel like the, they're going to go for someone who's been around a while but isn't like a lead. Like, I don't see them being like, oh, um, Bucky Barnes is a scroll or anything like that. I think um, my, my vote is Wong. Someone who, I think I messaged you about it before, but we really don't know anything about his backstory it doesn't change a whole lot other than make us go like, wow, like, or, you know, it, it doesn't really change much. It's not like it doesn't ruin the previous movies, especially if Wong's character isn't a villain. Like maybe he's the first one to reveal himself by saying like this, you know, new person in charge is too crazy, too out there. I'm not a part of their thing and I'm revealing myself now so I can outwardly say like, I don't agree with them because then when we see him in Doctor Strange, we're not like, oh, he was pretending to be a different character, pretending mm -hmm. to be a different person. It doesn't ruin any of his jokes when you go back and watch Doctor Strange. It's just like, he looked different than what he appeared to be. Yeah, I'd be curious, you know, going forward too, do they keep with that Wong? Do they bring back, you know, the unseen original Wong or what, you know, because I feel like they'd keep Wong around for a little bit. Yeah. If I was going to predict, I feel like an actual prediction of who will be revealed, I think Martin Freeman's character is my prediction. Yeah. They've highlighted him a bit in the marketing, and we know he's in the show, and I think it would be a fun reveal too because he's been kind of around in a lot of the show, a lot of the movies, you know, but he hasn't necessarily been a huge lead or anything like that. He's been more like this observational character, taking in information and stuff like that. That feels like something a squirrel would do, someone that would... You report back to the government and that kind of a thing, and maybe he ends up he's reporting back to Olivia Coleman's character, and I could see that being the tie-in. Maybe he ends up being a scroll. He's been just kind of giving her information, and maybe he's then kind of, he's conflicted. You know, he's like she's being radicalized. I feel a sense of loyalty to people I know. You know, the Wakandans, the people uh, um, Nick Fury. I feel like I'm you know loyal to humans, but now she's becoming something I can't agree with. I feel like he might have a moral conflict and be a bit of a bit of the moral center here uh, compared to Nick Fury, who's going to be kind of like out for blood, I think. 
All right. Well, I just remembered something. I saw a spoiler for Daredevil Born Again. Not a spoiler, but someone mentioned who's worked on Daredevil Born Again that Daredevil fans are going to have crazy reactions across the board when they learn why uh, Foggy Nelson and uh, Karen Page aren't in uh, the next season. And what if it's because they're both scrolls? That would be a real shock right there. All right. So that's what I'm rooting for. Foggy Nelson and uh, Karen Page are scrolls. And with that... It wraps up our show. We will be back next week. And if you, you know, like our new look, like our new logo, hate our new look, hate our new logo, or want to talk to us anything regarding streaming, uh, tweet at us, Instagram us at the hand plus. And without further ado, goodbye. <laughs>